is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Rookie minicamp has come and gone for your Pittsburgh Steelers. Our first look at Kenny Pickett, George Pickens, DeMarvin Leal, all of the members of the Steelers draft class got after it on the south side this past uh, early last week and weekend as um, they officially started their careers as Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm -hmm. And, of course, there were also some rookie minicamp invitees as free agents who either – we're told thank you for coming out for the weekend and giving us some more bodies, but we're going to have to move on or found themselves with a nice little contract and we'll be welcome back to OTAs and mini camps as we work our way closer and closer towards St. Vincent. But it was really your first look at Kenny Pickett in a Pittsburgh Steelers uniform. It was a practice uniform, but you know, uniform. You know what's funny too is that you said earlier – the first look we got at all the rookies, but right. really, is it the first time the Steelers got a look at Kenny Pickett? Well, that's true. They've seen Kenny Pickett for the past 17 years since he's been a Pitt. But <laughs> since got, Ben Roethlisberger we got to around, see the, essentially. We got to see the Instagram photos of him with the Steelers hat on, looking great, throwing the football around out there. You got to see him walk out of the locker room at the facility uh, with the helmet over his head. It was just, you know, it was nice to finally see that happen in reality. See your new... First-round pick quarterback, you know, with boots on the ground, mm. getting some work in with his fellow rookies. Uh, and we're going to spend this episode talking a lot about rookie expectations. And I really feel like it could go either way when it comes to this rookie class as far as how much the contributions will be felt from especially – I'd cut it off at maybe the top four – after Calvin Austin the third, you can start to question if they'll have much of an impact or even make the team, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh round picks. But with those top four guys, with the wide receivers of Pickens and Austin, and then looking at Leal in the defensive line and, of course, Kenny up front, man, I don't remember this much potential in a rookie mm. class Automatically, not automatically, immediately. And I, I mean, I, I, I don't remember where I've seen these four, a group of top four picks, uh-huh. and I've said, I think all four of them can really be not just, you know, 10, 12 game kind of guys, but they can impact the offense if you're picking in the receivers. They can impact the defensive line if you're Liao. Well, the depth I, especially just add to it. I just I, I remembered in recent memory a class where, yeah, of course there's been classes that have had great potential, mm-hmm. but it's Tomlin and the Steelers. They like to work rookies in a little slowly. I think that all four of these guys might have very significant roles, and the top three could all be starters, Pickens, Pickett, and Liao. Absolutely. I mean, I think maybe even given time, with the possible departures of Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, you could add Calvin Austin. Uh, agreed. List, he could maybe become a starter. He's more like a fourth year. guy this year, but still very, you know, active as far as contributions are concerned. And we don't know. The Canada offense is going to look a lot different. Right. And he's, so he's, he's cut out of that very active. He yes. could be very active. Yes. You know, we make so many comparisons from year to year. And a lot of it has to do with that's what you have to go off of. And last year, especially, the expectations for the Steelers were set so high for so many different reasons. But you just said in recent memory, you couldn't really think of a class that compares to this one. But last year with Najee Harris leading the way, of course. Yeah, Najee, right out, right out of the gate, he was, you but knew you he were, was going to start. You were excited 
for the potential of Pat Fryermuth. And again, a little bit of unfair expectations put on Kendrick Green. That's a good point. So they had a lot of guys in that class start last year, but I think that these guys have a chance to be better than those guys. Yeah, were. I agree. Especially I, Kendrick Green. Especially. I, but I think just going back to that year, to last year's offseason, we were doing this thing for basically every aspect of this team. Free agency, mm-hmm. the draft, mm-hmm. depth, units overall. Offense and defense, offensive line, best case scenario, right. secondary, best case scenario. This doesn't feel that way. I, it seemed that we, not maybe stretching. I mean, clearly we were a lot of things that didn't end up working out for the Steelers last year, but it definitely felt like we were a little blinded by the light, right? Blinded by the best case scenario results that never ended up coming. This year does feel different. And it it doesn't start and end with the draft, but the draft is a huge, huge component of that. The draft absolutely can be applicable to this. This does not seem like the same things we were saying in the 2021 offseason. With the top two picks especially, Pickett and Pickens, those two, I think, definitely have the potential to have a massive impact on this season. Pickett for obvious reasons. Right. And Pickens just because... It's wide open as far as that wide receiver number one is concerned. You and know, honestly, he that can... hierarchy's not established in that room yet, and he can slide right in there. He's got he's got as much talent as Deontay and Chase Claypool. I mean, you're talking about Deontay Johnson coming out of Toledo. You're talking about Chase Claypool, who was a coming out of Notre Dame, but really like a wide receiver slash special teams kind of hybrid guy. Pickens is a number one wide receiver, born and bred. Goes to the number one college football program last year in Georgia gets hurt works his way back so you know that you've you you know that you are getting someone that isn't just going to say eh, Lay over. whatever I hurt my knee season's over now he hurt let his me, knee and he worked myself. as hard as he could to get back onto the field to play in that national championship and he game. did yeah. and that's something that we saw a lot in these post draft press conferences with Colburn and Tomlin saying how much they respected him for that this guy is meant to play. The yeah, he's wide not, get, receiver not getting position. paid to do that. He's not getting. It's not like a juju situation where he comes back early from that broken shoulder, and you think he's such a warrior, and he is a warrior for doing that. But it's different because he's getting paid to do that, and he's going to get another contract after that. Maybe it won't be as lucrative, but he's going to get one, and we know now that he did in Kansas City. Yeah, he got a much better Pickens deal. Pickens could literally ruin his entire future earnings by coming back early from a bad injury, getting hurt again in the national championship game. Now, all of a sudden, you're a sixth-round pick. You're a seventh-round pick. People are taking a chance on you only because of your potential and not because of your track record anymore. And you don't get as big of a signing bonus as you did as a second-round pick. And you certainly don't have as good of a prospect as staying in the league as he would now as a second-round pick. It's a huge risk for him, and it absolutely paid off. And again, I I understand completely where Colbert and Tomlin are coming from because for a kid to— pack it up and not come back and just say he's focused on the draft. I don't think anybody could blame him for that. I don't I, like I don't think that you can sit there and say, "Oh, what a selfish person." No, he's he's looking out for his family, he's looking out for his earning. But he decided to work his way back fast, got back, played in the game, caught some passes in the game, was healthy through the game, second round draft pick from the Steelers. And it shows a toughness on multiple levels. It shows a physical toughness that he can re- rehab that efficiently and be ready to get back, but also a mental thing. To trust it, to play Mm -hmm. in a game against Alabama. 
for the national championship. You yeah, know? Right. like that's a tough game to just be dropped into. It's it's there's a lot of I mean, you could easily say he doesn't go down ever and he's a first round pick. I mean, he's got That's what everybody's been saying, yeah. I mean, he's got the Saints traded up for uh um uh, the uh, what uh, Chris Olave, right? Mm-hmm. Easily, they could have traded up for Pickens if Pickens never got hurt. Pickens would have been right there with the Londons and the Olaves, uh-huh. in and Garrett Wilson in this draft class. Had you know he not gotten injured, I think he was right. that good and he has that that much skill. So that's just got to be exciting if you're a Steeler fan. And yeah, that, like we said, that depth chart at that wide receiver room is just wide open right now. It could absolutely be his for the taking. Uh, interesting, I saw online that Pro Football Focus. One of their writers hypothesized that Pickett and Pickens will both be starters for the Steelers this year. And I was interested to see what he meant by that. He didn't really clarify it, but I wanted to see does that mean, does he think that three receivers that you'd call a starter and Pickens at number three is a starter? Mm-hmm. Or does he think that Pickens will surpass a Chase Claypool or a Deontay Johnson? And I find that kind of hard to believe. I'd love it if it happens because that's a good thing that you have receivers competing like that and your new rookie, your new toy is already passing some of the old guys that you have. Even though they're not that old, they're both still young, but they've been on the team for three plus years now. That's, uh, uh, but I find it hard to believe that that's actually going to happen. I think that Pickens will probably slide in as that number three wide receiver to start the season. And if he is going to jump in front of Deontay, or in front of Chase, it's going to be due to a combination of Pickens playing great or the other two not playing that great, and there's I'm a so shuffling much, in the regular season. I'm so much more inclined to believe it's the former, that Pickens is, is just that great. Well, that would be best-case scenario for the Steelers, because cause then you've got means, three really good wide receivers now. Because that also means that Claypool and Deontay don't necessarily, don't necessarily lose that number one spot. Correct. It's the fact that Pickens... Clearly it, deserves it, which yeah. means now you have a one in Pickens that one. earned it. Yeah. You're not just giving mm-hmm. it to him, and your twos are now are really good we, twos. That's that's been the problem that the Steelers have had. They said, "Oh, it's a good problem to have a number one wide receivers yeah. when it was Juju and the slot, and then Claypool is the X, and and Deontay is your midfield guy." But that isn't a good problem when you think about it because there is no number one guaranteed guy to get the ball to when the game is on the line. If Pickens emerges as that number one, I think that is the best-case scenario because then you can use Claypool and Deontay and and also Calvin Austin any which way you want, and you know you can get George Pickens whenever you desperately need to. Kenny Pickett is obviously the one that everybody is obsessed with, rightfully so, this offseason. People will be watching him with eagle eyes during training camp to see, is he going to win the job? What's the quarterback scenario going to shake out like? But I actually think Pickens has the best chance of all of the draft picks to week one be in that top three wide receiver group, be in the starting lineup, be the guy on Sunday Night Football that's face pops up and says George Pickens, University of Georgia. Like, I know that Pickens, or Pickett, excuse me, has a chance to win the starting job. Mm-hmm. But if I had, to, and, and I kind of hope he wins it, to be honest with you, that's the way I'm so leaning towards. Absolutely. But if I had to bet on which rookie will be a quote-unquote starter in the depth chart, he I think the best Pickens chance. has the best chance right now. Just because Pickett versus Pickens. There's people or, battling. I'm sorry, Pickett versus Trubisky. There's people battling Pickett, whereas Pickens, I think, is just automatically number three right now. Like, I don't see any way, like, because who would you create the position battle with? Miles Boykin? 
Anthony Miller. Anthony Miller, no. No, because your number four is Calvin Austin the third, who's also a rookie. So like, I think that those two are just going to slide in. Pickens for sure at three. See them maybe working Austin around with Anthony Miller, sure, or Boykin, or maybe even Olszewski for that fourth spot, just to you know give him some competition. But I mean, those two guys are pretty much nailed on going to slide into three and four on your roster on your depth chart. I don't see why, given the battery coming out of college for both of them, even though Calvin Austin may have slightly less, maybe not even slightly, significantly less, just because you can't really compare Georgia to any other school, especially after this year. But with Calvin Austin, I think his upside as a rookie is so much higher than Anthony Miller's maybe ever was, than Miles Borkin's maybe ever was. And yep. so I, 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 I would really pause. You know, we talked about how where would where would Pickens fall into place with Deontay and Claypool. You hope that he goes up and earns that spot, not so much that Claypool and Deontay kind of fold even further than they have the past couple of years, forced to give it to Pickens. Kind of the opposite. I'd be very disappointed to see if Calvin Austin can't easily – separate himself from the talents of Anthony Miller, Gunnar Olszewski, and Miles Boykin, right? I want it to be very clear early on in training camp, maybe even in in minicamp, that Calvin Austin is the number four guy. And I think that that's what you have to hope for. Like you were saying, if you're the Steelers fans, if you're the Steelers, that's that's great progress right out of the gate. Kind of a little bit ahead of schedule, too. And now all of a sudden, you know, you've got a – Third-year player in Claypool, fourth-year in Deontay Johnson, uh, Pickens and Austin as rookies. Very, very young receiving core. That'll just start to gel together while breaking in a very young rookie quarterback as well. And speaking of that quarterback position and looking at Kenny Pickett, like we said, it's not as much of a guarantee that you see him in that quote-unquote starting lineup on the depth chart whenever you know that finally gets officially sent out by the Steelers during training camp, probably George Pickens will be more likely to become a starter, at least at this point right now. But there's definitely going to be a big position battle between the quarterbacks. And I know that right from the moment that Pickett was drafted, Tomlin was adamant at saying it's not just a two-person race. There's going to be three people competing for this job. Pickett, Trubisky, and Rudolph are all going to have a chance at the starting job. I don't want to call anybody a liar, but it kind of feels like Rudolph's not in this in this battle at all. And I, and I know that we haven't even officially started the, right. the competition yet. The you only, haven't seen these three guys in no, the field No, the only one that's been out there is Pickett is because Kenny. of the rookie minicamp. Yeah. You'll probably see them start to get out there during OTAs soon, optional workouts and stuff like that. But I just feel like Rudolph is in it only in namesake alone. Like I, I think that there's a little bit of respect maybe being paid there, but... I think that it's tough to go into a camp, go into an off season, and spread enough snaps around with the first team to have a legitimate three-way battle for your quarterback position. So I, I think it's a two-way battle right now, even though they wouldn't say that. And I just think Mason Rudolph is, I mean, A, you've seen him enough already, I think, if you're the Steelers, whether it be in practices or the games that he's had to play for you. And B, just straight up eye test talent wise, mm-hmm. both Pickett and Trubisky are miles ahead of, of Rudolph. I mean, both were first round picks compared to a third round pick. So it's it's different as far as pedigree is concerned, and 
it's different as far as you kind of know what you're going to get out of Rudolph. And Trubisky is kind of similar too, but there's that unknown of what did he learn in Buffalo behind right. Josh Allen. I feel so much better, and I think every, even the people, the Steelers didn't need to go after the quarterback in the first round. Maybe if they go after someone else and then wait as other teams did for like a quarterback to fall to them in the second or third round, they'd feel more okay with it because you went out and you got Mitch Trubisky. But how much better do you feel looking at your quarterback room and seeing a pair of Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky rather than the pair of just Mitch Trubisky and Mason Rudolph. I think to have Mitch as your backup or Kenny as the backup to Mitch, just it's a lot easier on you in terms of in case your starter goes down, the other guy isn't Mason Rudolph. Do you think that what what is, what is your best feeling right now? Do you think that Pickett starts Week One at Cincinnati, or do you think they hold off on him starting and have Trubisky start at that beginning of the schedule because it is more of a bear at the beginning of the schedule than it is uh, towards the back half. Tough schedule all the way through. Uh, what are they top ten as far as strength the schedule is concerned? Or right they're or, top twelve, right around they're tied there. for twelve. So they're they're in the upper half, for close sure. to the middle of the pack, but towards the the front of the middle for the Steelers as far as strength of schedule is concerned, but. Do you kind of like? Do you lean towards them keeping you know the Wolves at bay a little bit, throwing Mitch Trubisky out there? You've been there, done that. You've been to a playoff against premier quarterbacks before. Kind of get us through this first half of the season, or do you see them just trialing by fire and saying, "Kenny, you are the starter. You won the job in camp. You were the better quarterback in the preseason games. We're not going to you know play." mind games here mm-hmm. or outthink ourselves and say, well, Pickett won the job, but that's a really tough schedule that we have. Maybe we should ease him into it after our bye week in week nine. Let's have Trubisky get out there first. I mean, if he wins the job, I don't think you can do that. It's the NFL. Right. You know, you, There's no Appalachian State tune-up game coming up on the schedule. I mean, even when you have to play the Jaguars, there's a couple dudes on that defense that are going to make your life well, I mean, look at the Colts. So When, the game, when, it, when yeah, it mattered the most. They lost to the Jaguars because mm-hmm. it's the NFL. And you know, it's very rare that teams don't win a single game. It's happened only twice, two, three times mm-hmm. in the history of the league. So, it, I I don't understand. I wouldn't really agree with the oh he beat everybody out, but it's a tough schedule, so we're going to ease him into it later in the year. I think if you if you win earn the job in the preseason, you have to earn that gives you the right to earn to play week one. And is it weird for me that I have this gut feeling that he's going to win the job? I I go back and forth to be honest. My what I'm excited to see is how Tomlin approaches the three preseason games. Last year, he had the benefit of having... I mean, he obviously had Ben, so he knew who his guy was going to be. But he had the fourth one, But too. he had the fourth game to really get Hopkins and Ben all starting reps. And you knew Ben was going to... That third game against the Lions, you knew that was going to be the first team rep, and you knew they were going to be out there for a very short amount of time. But that proved to you, like... <clears throat> excuse me. Throughout the first two games, you saw Haskins and, and Mason have both their shining moments and both their problems. And then mm-hmm. Ben came out there against a Lions team, granted in the preseason, and just lit it up. So I'm interested to see now. I don't think Mason really stands a chance, as you said earlier. But with only three preseason games and not so much one guy given the starting job and you're trying to figure out who the number two guy is going to be, you have two guys starting for the number one job. How will Tomlin approach only three preseason, preseason games at his availability to gauge who gets which start and with which team, like the, 
the first team or second team? And when do you put the first team out there for real? I, I just don't know. I think that'll definitely be a good indicator. But right now, as it stands in late May, I go back and forth. But to be honest, Tom, I got to lean Kenny because when Mitch Trubisky got signed, right, in the first week of free agency, there I don't know of anyone in Pittsburgh and SNR, just all throughout the city, saying, oh, well, Mitch and Mason are going to have to battle it out. But Mason has a good chance of taking it away from Mitch. I think when Mitch was signed, everyone was saying, Thought it's Mitch's starter, job. Yeah. And I think the same effect happened when Kenny got drafted. Yes, you were, you may have questioned the move because you already went out and you got Mitch, but you don't go out and you sign Kenny Pickett if you don't think he's a better option for you than Mitch Trubisky. It is going to be interesting to see how he manages those preseason games, having one less than usual. Uh, does the second preseason game now become the dress rehearsal game? Yeah, and I don't know. The third one is just the final, you know, all the fourth stringers play. Like, remember last year, that fourth preseason game was Dwayne Haskins' game. He played against he played the really Panthers. Well. and No, he didn't. He played terribly. Oh, he, he did play terribly. He played against right, the starters right, right. for the Panthers, right. and it just did not look that good. You're thinking of the Eagles game before that when he came in in the second mm-hmm. half and played really well against the Philadelphia Eagles thus earning him, I think, that start. But, yeah, you don't have as much room to work with, and you have more cooks in the kitchen as far as the quarterback position is concerned. So that, to me, also is a signal to it being just a two-horse race when it comes to this position battle because I just don't think you have enough time to have three guys getting first-team snaps in your training camp, in the preseason games. You know, you need to figure out by preseason game number two kind of who your guy's mm-hmm. going to be so you can have that dress rehearsal and, and say all right pick it take the first half Trubisky take the second half and hopefully things move there and pick it just takes the starting job over permanently or vice versa depending on who plays the best but I, I just think that not enough reps to go around not enough preseason games to go around to legitimately take a look at all three of these guys. And again, I don't think you need to because you kind of know what you got out of Mason. Now, if you go into training camp and, and Pickett's stinking it up and Trubisky's stinking it up, then yeah, of course there's a chance that he could climb his way back into it. But I think that's a doomsday scenario if both of those guys are just stinking out and Rudolph is beating them out. So <laughs> I, I, that I think is, that, that that's... is beyond doomsday. That is that is punt on the 2022 season. So that's I think maybe the only catastrophic way that he becomes the starter or even emerges into this battle even remotely. To be honest, to on... me, he seems like a guy who's going to. Back up Mitch in the final preseason game once they decide Pickett's going to start. To be honest, Tom, Although Pickett will probably play in the final one because he's a rookie. It's not like it's Ben where you right. take that veteran day off and you're ready for the season. I'd rather if Mason plays, and this is so horrible to say, if Mason starts a single game this year, I want it to be because Mitch and Kenny got hurt. Does that makes sense. To <laughs> it you? does. It's very dark. It's dark. I said dark. it's it's very it's a very morbid way to look at it, but. I don't want Mason. I don't. I have such confidence in Mitch and 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 Kenny to just beat out Mason. I don't think it takes. I'm not saying I I have the confidence in them to be a top ten guy, both of them. And you have this problem that you have two top ten quarterbacks on your roster. I'm just saying I have enough confidence that they can beat Mason Rudolph on the depth chart. I don't think that's asking for much. No, I think that if things shake out the way that the Steelers have in their mind and a lot of us have in our mind, it'll be. 
uh, either Mitch or Kenny as one or two on on game days with Mason with the earpiece and sweatpants on as the number three who doesn't get the helmet. A lot like uh, Josh Dobbs, a lot like Dwayne Haskins last year, you know, just helping on the sidelines as much as they can. But you're not going to be getting as long as things are healthy at the position, you won't be wearing a helmet for any of games this upcoming season. That's, I think, what the goal would be if it were to work out perfectly for the Steelers. It has to be, yeah. It has to be. Wrapping up this episode, let's look at DeMarvin Leal, the defensive lineman out of Texas A&M. We still have no idea about Steph Tewitt's status. Will he, won't he? It's still up in the air. You can hear from as many people as you want, but until you kind of hear from Tewitt or from Tewitt's camp, I don't think anything really official Mm -hmm. can be deemed or, or gleamed from the situation. When we were talking about the receiver saying the guy who has the best chance to be a starter or at the very earliest, you were saying it's not Pickett, even though he was the first round guy, it was Pickens. Just because of the group he walked into and it's right. It's, it's very, easier to start to Right. It's very possible it could be Leal. I think if Tua I, doesn't play and and say maybe and this is again, this is a doomsday scenario, Tua doesn't play and Maybe Tyson comes back not one hundred percent. If two, it doesn't play. Even if Alou Alou is one hundred percent, I feel like Leal's your number three. Like over I, Wormley, over Loudermilk. Yeah. yeah, I feel like he is. I feel like he's got more pedigree, more talent, and I think that the potential's there for him to be a really good player. Now, you'd worry maybe a little bit of a Kendrick Green scenario happening uh-huh. where you throw this guy into the fire and he's not ready yet. Or it could be the opposite where it's a, oh my gosh, uh, a Dan Moore Jr. scenario. Yeah, where he, he wasn't expecting to get the start, and then he does get the start. every week. Yeah. You know, by the end of the year, you're thinking this is a cornerstone piece. I'm happy to put Leal over Wormley in the depth chart. I do think it may be a little unfair to Isaiah Loudermilk, who did get some... I mean, it wasn't because he earned it. It was because of how how thinly stretched the depth was at but the defensive okay. line. He did all right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I, I, I feel unless Leal is just clearly the better option throughout training camp and throughout the preseason, sure, go for it. But I do I do like the idea of a, a healthy competition if Stefan Tewitt isn't there for the third guy to be louder milk yeah. and Leal. Yeah, and again, if Tewitt is there, I think that that's, that's perfect, obviously. Yeah. There's so many reasons why it's perfect, starting with Tewitt being an all-world type of player. But if you can have Leal be your number four and kind of spell any – because the thing that was so great about him was his versatility, inside, outside, on the edge. Mm-hmm. He can spell Hayward, Alu-Alu, and to it. Whoever needs one, whoever right. gets hurt, you know, he's the guy that plugs in. But as way. long as those three guys are all starting, that's better. For of course. Season. No matter which one goes down, he can just swoon in. That's what I mean. Rather than one being out to start with and you have to put him in at that specific position. He, he – provides so much versatility and he would be able to help I think his own development process by being in that role not as much as a starter but as someone who comes off the bench in games or has to fill in if there's an injury unfortunately like we said though that to it situation is very much up in the air and as far as it's trending now I don't think he'd be back before training camp so like mini camps OTAs I don't think he's going to be there for that so Leal's going to get a lot of reps in those optional workouts, in those mini camps, as a starter, I think, on the defensive line. And I wouldn't be surprised if we go to St. Vincent on move-in day towards the end of July, and Tewitt still hasn't moved in yet, and Leal's got to be that starting either 
interior player yep. and moving Alu Alu to the outside, which is probably what I would do, or stepping in into it, shoes on the outside. Mm-hmm. So I think you're you're spot on about you know Pickens. Yeah, we think he's going to be a starter for sure if you had to bet on any of them. But Liao might have a better chance than Pickett too, just because again of the scenario that he walked into right. and the opportunity <laughs> that's in front of him. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to say that it's nerve wracking to not have to it and have a rookie start. But I am a little bit more comfortable than I was last year in this spot, where Loudermilk was definitely a redshirt guy and is better on the interior, I think. Whereas you're bringing in a guy in Leal, I could absolutely see as a future of this defensive line, you know, not to the level of a Hayward or a Tuit ever were, but you know, maybe maybe he becomes like a Terrell Edmonds for the offensive line, where he just yeah. never leaves the field and he's or the defensive line, I mean, where he just right. never leaves the field and he's the model of consistency. Not a bad a guy to have on your team. No, it's never a bad guy when he can just eat snaps up and, mm-hmm. and never leave the field. That means he knows how to play. And he's always available to you. Absolutely. So we'll definitely have to keep an eye on Tuit and Liao and that dynamic on the defensive line. And we'll also have to keep an eye on these top four rookies as they work their way through the offseason workouts and head towards training camp with eyes on getting starting roles on this team. That'll do it for this episode of the Steelers Standard. Always appreciate you guys giving us a listen. For Jacob Brecht, I am Tom Opperman, and we will talk to you next time.